1: Hey, Bruins fans, welcome back to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. This is episode 217, and we're recording on February 21st, 2021, and this show is brought to you by betonline.ag. Go to betonline.ag and use code CLNS50 to get a sweet 50% welcome bonus and get your wager on, which I've been doing poorly at lately, but we weren't not talking about Um, uh, wagering on hockey games and my losses. We do have a pretty decent agenda to talk about. Lots of topics going on in the Bruins organization. But before we do that, I'd love to welcome my co-host, Heather Ingerson back to the program for another week of Bruins Hockey Talk. Heather, what's up?
0: Nothing. What's up? Here we are. Boys didn't play a lot this week, but... We're here anyways, as always. Yes. Ready for some Bruins talk. Yes. How was your week? Good?
1: It was all right. Um, Vacation. uh, Trying to get caught up on some stuff on the B&G company, uh, but it seems like I'm walking in quicksand most of the time, but we're just trucking along here and trying to get as much Bruins content out as humanly possible. But um, you know me, I love a challenge. Even though I get frustrated a lot. You do. (laughs) Yeah, I, I do love a challenge. Um, But before we do uh, talk about the Bruins and everything that's coming up, I do want to mention show sponsor, BetOnline.ag. BetOnline.ag is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the National Hockey League are in full swing. BetOnline.ag even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline.ag has you covered for all news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in the action, and don't forget to use promo code CLNS50. That's CLNS50 to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Betonline.eg, your online sports book expert. Let's get into some Boston Bruins hockey talk.
0: I was gonna say, first uh, I just thought we could take a minute and say thank you to Trent Bueller who put us inside his awesome artwork. Uh we're now hanging up in the whole garden. Yes. Over the ice, checking out the action. And I just wanted to say thank you, Trent. And it truly is an honor. Like, I'm not even joking when I say it's an honor. It's such a cool thing and like even to be considered and Lou's just like, "Welcome to the club. Here we are, it's, hanging out. We're
1: gonna fill it. It's so awesome." And for the YouTube viewers, I will be putting some pictures up here of um, of what 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 we uh, are on it about. Um, Trent Bueller came on late in 2020 and came, uh, joined us for an episode to talk about his project that he worked on, and it is, is a table hockey game that he made into a, a shrine of the old original Boston Garden. And uh, I asked him, I just said, hey, it's like, you know, if uh, the luchador, he got uh, a 3D image printed of himself with a mask and everything. And it was really cool. Even got the meth bear on the front. Um, But I asked, I was like, hey, Trent, if you do have some time, what do you think about adding Heather and I to the to the uh, the press box? And sure, sure enough. I get any, I get a uh, Facebook message from Trent and he lives in Edmonton and he's a diehard Bruins fan so shout out to Trent. Um, but uh, sent me the images and I was just, I was blown away. It, he actually has this jersey like in the image and you've got uh, I think a regular Bruins jersey which is pretty cool. But uh, I got the gray beard and everything. It was pretty freaking awesome. But like I said, I'll put the po- I'll post the pictures right here. But just want to really seriously th- uh, thank Trent for that. Because uh, it's just awesome to be in the game that he built, but also like in um, m- memories of uh, Fred Cusick and Derek Sanderson and John and Johnny um, uh, Pearson and so on, and the whole media team from like back in the day of WSBK TV thirty eight yeah. when I was a kid. So it's just it really just put a smile on my face to see that we've made it to the, we both made it to the uh, the media level of a Boston garden.
0: Yeah, that's what, it just, me, I just, it really makes me feel like a kid. I know that sounds stupid. stupid. I'm supposed to be a grown up, but like, that's what all I can think. It's WSBK TV
1: 30.
0: <inaudible> <laughs> it's like, I don't know. So thank you. And if you guys have not seen the work, I don't know what you're doing. You need to follow uh, old time table hockey at Trent Bueller, B U H L E R uh, in case you're used to like the movie, it's not spelled that way. And uh, thank you, Trina. It's truly it is it is a piece of art. Like I know it's a game in whatever, but just the detail and we know the love that he puts in it. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. He talked about that. We well, were lucky enough to have him on, but I certainly think it's an honor. And I just thought we should start off today saying thank you very much. Absolutely. Sir. Um, okay. Well then to something that wasn't the happiest thing, but, um, we had one game this week on it did go off. We didn't, we were supposed to play Jersey on Monday as well, I think, or Tuesday. I can't remember, but it got moved obviously because of all the pro the COVID protocols going on, but we did play Thursday and, um, we could recap this game. We definitely lost three to two, tried to have another heroic third halfway through the third comeback, which is a bad, just a bad way to do it. I think, but, um, we looked like yuck. I just... Too much time in our own end. There's nothing... Like, that's fine if you're Washington, so if you're going to put 13 shots on, you get nine of them in, but that's not how we play, and I don't like it. Yuck. It, 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 Islanders was respectable loss, you know what I mean? It's time. For some reason, we have a hard time with them, especially on the island, but Jersey outplayed us. Like, at very few points, did it look like we were controlling that game. Mark, you go before I start ranting. I'm not going to um, rant.
1: But... Yeah, it was a, a very piss poor effort in my opinion and, and uh, to a team that's um lower in the in the rankings of this new um uh, you know realigned division for the for the covid pandemic and so on um yeah i wasn't impressed at all and uh, i mean it goes from the whole team um i thought yarrow halak looked terrible i don't think he's looked very good at all this season he does have a shutout he does have times that he shines but there's like weird shots that he can see and he tracks. I'm I I'm not a professional goaltender or a professional uh teacher of goaltending at all, but when you look at video and you see him and he's tracking the puck to his glove and it's going over or under the glove, there's a problem. I don't know what's going on with Yaro. Um and there wasn't like if there was traffic and he couldn't see it, I could see him dropping down and just putting the glove up to for safety's sake, you know? But I just, oh, it's weird. It, it, he's been seeing, he's been getting those shots a lot. And this is not just this year. It's been in past years that he's been with the team that those easy ones are the ones that are certainly hard to, to really get a handle to. So hopefully um, he can get back on track with that. Um, I'm not shitting on him. I'm, I'm really not trying to be a jerk. And calling him out, there's things that I noticed that he's just not doing very well. So, um, and then work out from the defense. You work uh, defense was absolutely horseshit. I think this was the worst defensive game I've seen this season from this young crew. And we've had some pretty bad games, but not this bad. Uh, transition out um, uh, turnovers from John Moore. Um, the the time like. When they got the puck, they almost looked like they were so nervous they did they didn't know what to do with it. Uh, desperation times created freaking really bad freaking desperation turnovers, and and New Jersey, you're absolutely right. New Jersey absolutely brought it to them this this game, and I was kind of disappointed because it, it just reminds me of the of the uh, of, of the Bruins of the past that they they tend to play down to their uh opponents and they certainly did that in this game and we're gonna see these teams more and more often so they got to figure it out and uh obviously that starts with uh, a game this evening We'll, we'll talk about that later but overall the i mean even the forwards i just didn't think that they were on um they were really going too wide and not getting up the middle enough it was just a real tough game to watch and and i know we're gonna have these stinkers but there's uh every point every point is valuable and uh, you look at the standings and it's amazing to see who's on pretty much on top right now is a team that I would never think that would be there. so
0: Well, I think the last time we played Jersey they learned they can handle the Bruins and I agree with you this is the one of the I mean we've had sloppy games or whatever we have game you know, but Jersey came to play and we looked like I think that we we talk about this all the time. it's like so Halak's struggling a little, but his defense is not helping him out. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, yes, he owns what he owns, but just generally speaking, like there was a lot of pressure on Halak for like a lot of minutes in that game. It, not to do like a lot, a lot, but really I, I'm like, get out. I think I even tweeted something like Mama Bear hates that because the more they're, the more you're in, not in there, and the more they're likely to win this game on you because I don't know. Um, I don't like that. Two of the, the two goals are both power play goals again. Still struggling on that. A lot of roughing, but not like in the physical way that's changing the game way, more in just the frustrated way. And I think it's always like a spiral. It's like defense is kind of messy. And it was certainly like for the people who want to say, oh, well, that's what happens when you put John Moore in. This was not on John Moore necessarily. Yeah, he had turnover, but like just like you're right. On the back end, it was a mess. We couldn't get, I don't want to say we couldn't get out of our own way, but. I was surprised at how defensively just crap. I mean, we've been a little sloppy in our transitions and stuff over this year, but this was like amateur hour. Oh, Jersey made it look like amateur hour. Do you know what I mean? I don't know why that is because they are certainly not the most intimidating people that we played. We can play them. We played them not long ago and you guys did you know, do that. So figure that out. Uh, I would enjoy that. Um, that being said, what about this was the game where the Cassidy line mixer came out? Like let's, let's for, I'm not sure. I know there's a reason. And again, I'm not trying to Bruce Cassidy's, Bruce Cassidy is smarter than me and he has his job for a reason. And I do this podcast as a fan for a reason, but it seems to me when things start going a little South, we always bring out the line mixer and just start bouncing people around. It, I don't want to say for no rhyme or reason because I would like to hope that Cassidy is doing it with some kind of reason. But, um, yeah, what do you think about the blender lines? Do you think it was helpful or do you think it didn't really matter just within the game? Or do you think it hurt them like it was made it worse? Well,
1: this is, there's a lot to unpack there, Heather, to be honest. And when the, the line mixes happen, it's because Cassidy wants to create secondary scoring and, and, and try to do that. Obviously, that didn't happen in this game um he's probably gonna flirt with this idea a lot more often in a condensed uh you know 56 game season um but i i'm not gonna call it that line i hate that name now it's absolutely ridiculous do not call the perfection line the perfection line anymore because they're not perfect they have weaknesses and um to break up that line it's a little rough to think about but I do understand the meaning and having Krejci out and so on. It just creates opportunities for other people. So, um, yeah, I'm not a fan of his line mixing. Um, but again, he's got to flirt with something because you have to, you have to find consistency somewhere. And if you don't change your lines once in a while, you are never going to know what you actually have. Um, it's kind of probably pretty, pretty bad wording to say, but I, I'm not a fan of, of him moving anything around. Uh, it, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just kind of dumbfounded on the, that whole thing.
0: Um, I think that you, I agree with you that you have to shake it up a little bit sometimes. But I feel like that's what happens when you've played a, a little bit of bad hockey with whatever's happened. You know, like your traditional lineup or how you field it. I don't feel it's necessary after one loss to the Islanders or whatever. And yeah, we've struggled at times, but we've been winning. And, you know, I I think you have to have a good balance of when to pull it out or when to just kind of let it struggle for a game or two and let it work itself out. Because I think sometimes you can risk not, people are nervous to build chemistry because, like, people are saying that a little bit about Charlie Coyle. Is he struggling a little because he keeps having a rotator? I mean, I didn't put that on here. We can certainly discuss that kind of generally. But um, it just makes me nervous when that happens. Um, now who knows what the lineup's really going to look like tonight because we've had some things happen. Uh, but one good thing that happened, though, is Jake DeBras scored his first goal, got that off his back. Um, that That's really kind of my question. Jake has, I think, looked good his couple games back. He looks The rest was good for him. I think he understands he needs a spot. It kind of annoys me again that and I understand it's partly out of necessity that now after all this time making him play the left wing, now he's got to be the right winger. Like I don't certain players, I think that maybe are still coming up on their spot should be the ones that have to adapt more than he does as you have trained him to be on your left side specifically, um, at least that's the direction you've really used him. But do you think that um, that's going to be good for Jake? Do you think it'll help him relax a little? Because I feel like he is the kind of player. He wants to get that goal so bad to help his team, but it sometimes just stops him in his own head, like McAvoy a little bit sometimes.
1: You could definitely see that he's so intense, and he wants to get that monkey off of his back. You can see it on the bench when they mic'd him up for the uh, Behind the Bee uh, episode recently that I think was dropped either last this week or something. Um, but he's just like I want to celebrate. Our line is celebrating tonight, and it's just—you can see the passion. You can see that he's fully involved in trying to be better, and uh, wherever he plays, because he's kind of that journeyman up and down the lineup, uh, the top three lines um, lately, and that's probably because of Bruce wanting to create some kind of creativity with him and uh, new line mates to get him going. So, but it's good to see him finally get the monkey off the back. And I hope it it, it continues. It starts to fire under his ass uh, because this is a big year. I still continue, and I know I've said this in the past that this is still a big year for Jake Lebrosk as an evaluation. He signed a uh, a two year bridge deal, and if I believe that if if this year does not work out for him and expectations aren't met from coaching staff and management, um that there's an opportunity that you could move a player like this to address another need for the fact that he's got one more year of negotiation that can be done uh, with another NHL franchise, the one that the Bruins might be trading with. But on the other hand, I'm a fence guy. You guys know that. On the other hand, if he does really good, then you want to keep him involved. But uh, tread lightly on this one because uh, this... this, uh, I'm not saying that they're going to suck anytime soon. Hopefully not tonight or anytime soon. But um, you know, if if things don't get turned around like the way the season started, I mean, it didn't start off on the great foot, but it took only a couple games to them get to get back involved into a into a, uh, a run that it, it, that led him to the top of the Atlantic Division. But if they start to slide, this could be a, a time for Sweeney to really address a certain need. And I think the panic button is hovering over, right now. Not crazy, but something could happen. Um, and if something happens, and he's he's he is young enough that an that would attract another team. And obviously that that extra year of negotiation on another team could could possibly uh, have a better turnout for his uh, NHL success. But I I'm still a Jake DeBrus fan. I want him in the lineup, but I want him to see. To be doing much better but I also know that he can be a leverage piece in any trade deal
0: yeah I think Dabrowski even when he struggles is a valuable piece of this team so I agree with that one way or another whether it's to increase his own trade value I just don't want Dabrowski to if he gets traded it can't be for nothing like he is a major bargaining chip that you have because he is still young and he has shown moments of you know what he can be uh, he just I think Jake's biggest issue is his consistency. It's not what he can do. It's him doing it consistently, but he's still young. You know, he could 27 year old Jake DeBrusque could look totally different than 24 year old Jake DeBrusque with a little bit more time. And
1: I think it's funny. um, He calls himself slim. Did you see that? It's like, come on, slim. Focus. Focus.
0: me up. He's like your friend's fun little brother that's just like <laughs> kind of a goober, but you know, like in on the joke, but yep. it's also like, you know what I mean? Yep. I, don't, I just <laughs> like him. I didn't mean to say it that way, but you do know what I mean on that front. Um, that being said, uh, I think Cassie summed it up in a few of his quotes of kind of how I felt about this game before we talk about David Craigie going out six minutes in or whatever. Um, we tend to overpass a little bit. Yeah, you think coach? And he said something else, something like we we weren't willing to do what you had to go and get the puck. So I ask you, are we starting to see oh by the way, Jake debrusco is the beauty of an assisted unassisted goal? I just props to Jake for the yeah. first one being a you know highlight rail type one. But do you think uh the Bruins are falling back into some old habits, the overpassing? Uh, As much as we want to pretend because, I mean, you know, Richie and some people have had some points that we didn't expect to help with the secondary scoring problems that we've had. Um, But I feel like maybe we're falling a little bit too much back on that power play, which the same people are key on, but still isn't solving our five on five or secondary scoring um, do you do you see the old habits starting to come back, and can they be broken?
1: I, I do. I, I, I bring it back to you playing down to to uh, a certain team's level, um, and as I look right now um, on the the uh, you know league wide, the New Jersey Devils are 26th in the league, and the Boston Bruins are currently fifth. That's a league. That's a league um, outlook. So I'd, I had expected that team to, um, to be, the Bruins, to be a lot better than they, than they did in this game. But I also was very um, concerned with Cassidy's uh, uh, comments and his press conference after. So this is, this is the tweet that I got from Joe Haggerty that I was not completely thrilled about. Bruce Cassidy, I just thought that they were winning the races and winning the one-on-one puck battles. I kind of disagree on that. But you'd think after four or five days of not playing, we'd be hung- the hungrier team. So we'll address that. That's exactly what I'm talking about when, you t- when you're trying to consider a 60-minute effort and uh, and try to beat a team like the New Jersey Devils, who are obviously a little lower in the standings than the Boston Bruins. So that kind of frustrated me a little bit right there.
0: Yes, ultimately it is on the players. But like I used to say with Coach Claude, he can go out and skate for them, though. Like they're they're professionals and they have to do their job. But I also think that we've got a lot of injury going on. We've got the line mixer out and a lot of other factors that probably did not help the poor effort that happened. They can be hungrier, but it also is probably hard to get up for these games. So yeah, you'll address that, but are you gonna address it in figuring out how to get the motivation going? Cause there might be long stretches of downtime in the COVID world and the COVID season, we've been very lucky. And actually, the East besides Jersey has been in Buffalo have been pretty lucky on the whole COVID thing. Let's hope a Philly and Boston can get to California and back and not bring transcontinental variants or whatever back with them. But I think that also goes to you. Like as a coach, you're frustrated, but Again, it's not about running the perfect drills. That's great, you know, if you can run the perfect drills and pa- practice. And I know that they're hard on them. But also sometimes you play a bad game. You know what I mean? And maybe they don't – I just mean you know when you played like shit. Like I know when I used to dance or play soccer, like if I wasn't playing well, I knew I wasn't playing well. If we yeah. walked off the stage at competition, we knew how well it went by how it felt it went. And it, it maybe comes let down, Bergeron work it out. It comes you know?
1: down to execution. That's it. Basically, you do do all the training, all the practice, and you want, but getting it done in game time is when you need to do it.
0: Too much drills, maybe, and not enough scrimmage kind of situation. There you go. You know? Yeah. Or, you know, it's just hard because it's not like they can, you know, in other times you might practice against BU or BC, you know, or something fun that's beneficial for the younger guys to hang, you know, but you can't even do things like that anymore, you know? They can't even hang out together. I just hope they figure it out. And I, I mean, I'm certainly not a panic button person. I know Sweeney and um, Neely have to start thinking about it before trade deadline in April because their jobs might potentially be on the line if we don't finish strong. Like, no, I don't think as constructed, we're winning a cup, but there is no reason again, we shouldn't dominate, you know, the situation. Um, that being said, I know David Critchie hasn't scored a goal yet, but he does still have 10 assists this season. And now he's got a lower body injury. I love the NBA. Amb- I, I prefer when you just tell me he broke his femur. Every other sport does it. Why can hockey not? It just, anyways, he has a lower body injury. There was no update before they went. We do know that him and Miller did not travel to Tahoe. We'll talk about Tahoe in a few. So just before we, uh, get to the first half hour midpoint here. What this is a problem. I think a major problem because if he's not back, say in the next week, we could, if we continue to play like this, come to a stumbling point where we're dropping a bunch of points that unlike in an 82 game season, you can pick back up somewhere else. There won't be those to pick back up. So does besides concern for creche, does this make you nervous? A little bit, especially we're having trouble already filling key injury moveabouts.
1: Um, A little bit. David Krejci is a very valued member of this this Boston Bruins organization. I don't care what many say. um, He doesn't get the goals and he doesn't, you know, he makes so much money that he's not producing, blah, blah, blah. That's, I mean, he's producing, he's doing what he can. But taking him out of the lineup is just, um, it's bringing on the, the next man up mentality. And obviously, um, you know, Coyle is uh, filling that spot right now. And uh, I think he's done okay. I, I, You know, we'll talk about him later on. Um, yeah, I just want to see how they this team responds to the, an injury or somebody being out like David Krejci and, and these plug-and-plays that are coming in from the taxi squad and so on uh, and how they uh, come in and make an impact to the game. But um, yeah, I mean, if it goes more than a week uh, or, you know, more than two weeks, uh, this could be a, a definite concern and uh, a panic pusher to address a certain need. But uh, we'll see. I mean, we, we, we got to go day by day by, right now with the uh, with the information that we're getting on the injury. And I know it's so, you know, it's so cliche to say upper body, lower body, but I think that protects the player also because if he's not if he comes back at 80% and can still play and be somewhat effective, another player can't take liberties on a lower body or, 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 or like, attack a knee or whatever. You know what I'm saying?
0: All right. Well, you know what? I think I'm going to, if you don't mind, take a pause right now and talk about uh, Blue Chew that we love so much here. Uh, we love hockey. Our listeners love hockey. We um, also know that people love sex. They love great sex. And when they get the opportunity... They want it to be the best that it can, right? But sometimes maybe, gentlemen, maybe you're in bed and in your head you're going for the overtime goal. You're buzzing like the cup's on the line, but you don't even get a shot off. You get the game loser, but that's okay. You can, you can fix this. Let me tell you about Blue Chew. Blue Chew is the first chewable with the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. You can take it anytime, day or night, even on an empty stomach, so you're ready whenever the opportunity arises. It's prescribed online by licensed physicians, and you don't have to go to the doctors or wait in line. It's even cheaper than a pharmacy, and they ship it to you in discreet packaging, so there's no awkwardness, and you don't even have to leave the house. Blue Chew is the fast and easy way to enhance your confidence in bed where it counts, and black and gold listeners... If you go to bluechew.com, that's blue like the color, and put in the promo code black and gold, all three words, all caps, you will get your order for free. You just pay $5 for shipping and handling. That's right. So go to bluechew.com, put in black and gold, all caps, and you will get your first this shipment in for free. All you gotta do is pay $5 for shipping and handling. So the next time that you're going for the game winner in bed. Maybe you can hit the netting so hard you properly pop the Gatorade bottle up off the top. Thank you. Let's get back to the hockey mark.
1: Yes. Yes. If, if anybody needs some blue chew, it's the Boston Bruins right now.
0: Yes. The, I would appreciate <laughs> it. They, they need to finish. They need to finish. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. They are having a hard time finishing a lot. <laughs> Concerns me. I don't like that. I like boys who can finish, boys. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm just saying. laughs> all right. So in all seriousness, back to the hockey. Uh So Lake Tahoe turns out to look beautiful. I mean, we can talk about the issues with it, but the scene with the rink and the they got snow and the backdrop and it's just like, oh my, it's beautiful. It really is. Not as beautiful as like the Stanley Cup, but like her ugly stepsister thing. How
1: do you like it? I I enjoyed the first period. Uh, it was it was uh, it was challenging. Let's put it that way. Um, they are playing. Um, I, I believe Lake Tahoe is technically located even above Denver, Colorado, which is the Mile High City. Correct? Yes. So okay. you're closer to the sun, and it, it happens. I mean, there's, there's, but the backlash of people and. Um, I'm not going to mention names or anything like that, but people were like all excited about it. And then all of a sudden the ice conditions happened and then they hated it. They just flipped on everything. How could the league do this? This is such a joke. This is embarrassing. This, this issue of ice and sunlight has only happened one time in 30 outdoor games. Come on folks. Let's not, Mm. let's not toss this into the barrel this idea into the barrel just because of a a minor problem, you know, and hopefully that minor problem doesn't go into tonight's game. We will we'll talk about that. But I, I liked the scenery that I mean, you you're right next to the lake. There were people out there in boats. Um, it was funny that it was funny still that so many people uh, were believing that they could play the game on the lake itself. I was just like, I don't even think that freezes.
0: I think it looked really awesome, but I can understand how it is that no one accounted for putting a hockey rink in the mountains in the, in the winter, because, I mean, we're New Englanders. When you drive, there's snow glare. There's things like, that. you know, uh, I think Darren Dreger put out something like, that's why I don't paint lines in my backyard rink. Okay. Like, I'm sure it was like a joke, but at the same time, okay, that haha, but this is the NHL. They can't not have faceoffs and stuff, you know, yeah. but- I think I can see that little bit of frustration, like knowing considered what would happen with all the snow glare and everything. Um, Tuca, I had seen a quote that he had texted the other goalies, and they said it's not I, – which I can imagine. It's just white, solid white probably from the goalies' perspective. But you couldn't get much closer to the lake than that if you were going to play at the lake. Yeah, I wasn't sure how much of the lake you could actually see. I figured you'd see the mountains and stuff. it still be pretty, but they – it looks very beautiful. That being said, I am pissed off that the Bruins game is now on at 7 p.m. tonight on NBCSN instead of on regular NBC, therefore doing exactly what we always talk about. And I understand the mothership probably was like, we're not pushing whatever repeat we're playing, which seems stupid. You'd think you'd want fresh content. Americans love sports, <laughs> you know, and right now we're in between football and baseball seasons. So all you have is hockey and basketball. Really? I mean, in you know, soccer starting up and stuff, but still. Um, that annoys me because now, if you don't have it, let's face it, if you have NHL TV, that means you're going to get blocked out from the game, blackout, or whatever, probably, most likely. They may not do that only because of the circumstance of the game was supposed to be on. But now you're looking at whole fan bases because, again, people have cut cores, people stream this way and that way. I'm kind of annoyed. I'm annoyed. Because, A, it doesn't look as cool at night. I understand why they have to do that, (laughs) because the ice conditions and just generally the sun is too much. But I do think maybe when we plan the outdoor games, we do have to consider the setting that we're putting it in. That, like, if we put it outside by an actual lake in nature, as opposed to in uh, Notre Dame Stadium, the different dynamics of how to keep it cool and whatever. But that's beautiful. I'm, I'm annoyed... I'm annoyed. Do you think it's a big deal, though, that the Philly and Boston aren't going to get to practice on the ice? Uh,
1: that was because of um, the uh, conditions it's before. They had snow that yeah. night, and they canceled the practice. But practice did go uh, at a local rink um, that day. So they did get there to stretch their legs, get some training in uh, to prepare themselves for the, uh, for the game tonight. But I do understand where you're coming from, Heather. And, you know... Uh, ice that's covered is different from ice that's out in the out in, in nature. So uh, practicing on that could have been, a, um, you know, if they could do it, uh, would have been the way to go because you learn where your, your, your ice weaknesses are and so on. I mean, hopefully it's not that bad. As, I mean, that, that was bad. I mean, when you see a referee just gliding along doing like one mile an hour and trips, toe picks or yeah. a player... Uh, It's just that was that was bad. And I I could see the fans um, frustration with that, too. But I just don't want to toss a whole the whole outdoor game idea because of one time out of 30 that it might have failed a little bit. So, um, yeah,
0: there's been there's been I mean, you're definitely going to have different ice outside. Everybody knows that you're at the mercy of Mother Nature. I do do think, like, maybe the sun factor wasn't quite... They probably just hoped they'd get a cloudy day. It's winter. You know what I mean? It should be overcast, some clouds up in there. And then it was a nice, clear, beautiful day. But I don't think we should throw out outdoor rings. I do agree with the narrative that maybe we have um, overdone... Like, they're not as special or as they were because they started with like we did it one time and now we had two different ones and now we got the heritage and now maybe a little too much, or if we're going to do that, make it like outdoor hockey rink in North America and let every team play, maybe a home and an away game, like a home and home series versus someone close to them and each have that when fans can get back and just maybe one weekend, you know, make it a North America hockey weekend. And while that, you know, everyone gets in on the piece of the action and the money. It doesn't have to necessarily be the fan fest of the winter classic with like the carnivals and all that, but each city could make it their own and what they wanted to do. And also,
1: Go ahead. I know that um, on, on, on hockey night in Canada last night with Chris Johnson and, um, and Elliot Friedman, uh, Mm -hmm. Chris Johnson actually brought up that they, the NHL is still interested in holding, a game at Lake Louise, but the thing is, is Lake Louise is a protected um, environment of per the, the country of Canada, and what we call national parks here. I'm not sure what they call them up in Canada, but having an event like that, you're not allowed to have any advertising going on because it's 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 um, um, country it's like protected. Public.
0: Well, it's government protected, but probably with the promotion of whole thing is probably because it's considered
1: right. Everyone,
0: so, it's all of Canada, so so they we get a, can't be benefiting from public, whatever. Yeah,
1: they they got a lot of work to do on that uh, aspect, but uh, he seems to think that there's there's some good friggin' dialogue going on uh, into next year. I don't believe these games are gonna stop. Uh, is it's big for the league? I mean this is big for national tv and 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 to be honest with you i actually really liked it without the fans uh you know i like it in the in this type of environment because you're you're closer to the to the rink itself i think the camera angles are much closer uh and you're not drowned out by all the noise you can actually hear these guys talking to each other you can hear the the uh, the chunkiness of the ice and them cutting in and so on, so it's kind of very cool to to just have it there without anybody around. But uh, the league does make a ton of money um, uh, with uh, fans in the stands too. So I mean, I get it from both aspects. But
0: it I if it's gonna be out in a natural environment, I want as little disturbance to the natural environment. So like, if they could have a game at Lake Louise, I absolutely don't want people up there tromping and like you know. We leave a big enough footprint when we do an event like that somewhere. But I just wish <laughs> we talk about this all the time and I ended, hopefully this is something they can remedy with um, the n- new contracts, you know, for television going forward, but certain things should be on the big, like had it been planned a little better, or not blaming anybody, just, like, things happen. You know what I mean? I'm not putting blame on anyone. We could have already had this game scheduled to start at 8 o'clock on Sunday night on NBC, things like that, where you're going to get a bigger audience anyways. But I, we talk about this all the time. They missed their opportunity to blow this. Even though it's a regional sport, we have a national, you know, big enough, the same amount of teams as football, baseball, whatever, but they don't market to the general public. So you have to have the right streaming app and be in the right market, or you're going to get blocked. Like, that's annoying. Yeah. It's annoying.
1: Yeah, absolutely so. right. The NHL does a terrible job of marketing the product, in my opinion.
0: Which is weird, because I, you hear, like, sometimes, I don't know, like, I know NHL, they have um, a few pro- uh, podcasts that they have, like, marketers on, people in the league, in the vice presidents of this and that and gms and everyone and they sound like they have all these great ideas that can help drag hockey into 2021 yeah but the i don't know if it's the good old boys club just still won't you know again hockey doesn't have to be i am a robot stuffy white kid like right it doesn't have to be like that it can be fun it can be like zibina jet and marshawn you know I mean, I guess that doesn't argue against the white guy thing, but still, (laughs) you know, um, it's fun. It's like and the weird thing is like hockey is like kind of a silly fun sport. It's like super serious. But at the same time, it's full of like, damn, I didn't get the shot off and whatever, you know, razzing and all this, just like sports teams are. So just loosen up, man. Let the let those young kids that are coming out with their media degrees and marketing degrees from the modern age, help you transition, help you use social media. Because, like, I follow all the teams. The NHL isn't even good at marketing their own stuff on – like, they are just printing stuff out to the hockey fans that are going to follow them anywhere. They're not really growing themselves over social media. But some of the teams are brilliant at social media. It's where – like, I want to be best friends with the Carolina Hurricanes. I I haven't liked them even when I was a kid and they were the Hartford Royals. But – no, no, that's just something I think they should go going forward. I just didn't know if it was a big deal. I would. My only thing with them practicing outside was just, like you said, it's different ice to kind of get a feel for it. So hopefully they can get some good warm-ups and not just that i Philly too. Get out there tonight and hopefully it stays cool. But that being said, Krejci and Miller stayed home and Yerovac and Ayanin and Stanika got called back up. What say you? Mr. Prospect, uh, young guys, plug already- them in, play them, see what they can do. Good opportunity if they do get in the lineup. Are we already at that part of the agenda for prospect talk? No, no. This is just uh, generally about traveling for a talk. Oh, it's just an excuse. Yes. <laughs> so um, just, what do you think, Euro? You know, studs coming back up. They're plugging in for. Miller's yeah. getting rest.
1: I thought. I thought Nika did okay uh, in his rehab stint down in Providence, uh, and that's exactly what it is. It is a rehab stint because he's still injured. There's some games that I've been watching that he looks like he's very... Uh, he looks like he's still hurt, but he's playing through it, which is gives a lot of heart, but it also gives me a lot of concern about uh, his uh, addition to this lineup and if he was actually the better player or the best player to consider. But um, that's their that's their decision. But uh, let's see what he can do. Um, you know, Juro... Uh, um wasn't completely uh, thrilled with his game last year. I, think he took, I still think he took a te- step back in his development. Um, that might have been injury-related to his concussion the year before. But this year, I'm seeing a different Jerojo Um uh, More involved in the play, aggressive in his uh, transition out of the zone. Uh, and the young uh, Providence Bruins defense is just continues to amaze me. So uh not a um you know not a shocker that he would get the call over some uh younger guys obviously there's a little bit of seniority there um but i think he's gonna fit in the lineup really good i uh hopefully he does he does well because uh this is a big year for him and his development and moving forward because uh i still believe that the bruins will try the best to to get rid of john moore i'm not saying that because i hate the guy but I'm saying it that they need to relieve that cap space because if the if the cap is not going up and it's going to stay flat for another two years, having John Moore in the lineup or on the roster is not doing you any justice right now. Um, and I think if Moore is out, I think I could easily slide in there with some uh, roster availability uh, with the patches coming up next year. Who knows what's going to happen with Kevin Miller, John Moore, you know, so... It remains to be seen, but uh, I'm excited to see these two kids get in and, and a big stage like this. Um, you know, it's it's you got to bring it. You got to really show that um, you know you can be relied on when you get a recall, or if you play so well, uh, the problem of getting you out of the lineup is, is not is not a bad thing either. But it remains to be seen on how he does. But uh, you know, hopefully they do well.
0: Yeah, and it should be mentioned that. Philadelphia is still missing. Well, Sean Couturier was already yeah, injured. Yeah,
1: I got that.
0: Uh, but yeah, Philly does also still. Do you have the list? I can't remember. I know. I uh, I do have the list. Check I took me. a
1: I took a screenshot of it, and um, yeah,
0: yeah. So they have a few people that are still on the COVID list that did not travel. All right, I got people. it right
1: here. So the COVID protocol for the uh, Philadelphia Flyers is defenseman Justin Braun. Forward, Claude Giroux. Forward, Jakub Boracek. Forward, Oscar Lindblom. I think he's a forward. Uh, Scott Lawton. And Travis connectney So that's uh, some pretty um, powerful um, folks that are not going to be in that, in that Philadelphia lineup. This is an opportunity for the Boston Bruins to really t- take advantage of this. Um, and hopefully they do. Because uh, I hate to say this, but you're pretty much uh, playing half of an NHL, half of an AHL team. I mean, to be honest with you, that's the way it looks right now. But uh, do you want me to read the lineups?
0: Yeah, if you want to real quick.
1: All right, so we got 15 minutes before our mid-break. So uh, the top line is going to be Bergeron, uh, and Pasternak, we know that. Nick Ritchie's on the left side. Charlie Coyle is centering the second line with Craig Smith on the right. Anders Bjork is on the left. Jack Sidnika slides into the third spot, uh, third center spot, uh, alongside Jake DeBrusk, who's moved to the right side. So that's going to be an interesting third line. I'll take that any day. Uh, Sean Corrali on the fourth line, centering left wing Trent Frederick and right wing Chris Wagner. The defensive pairings are Jeremy Lauzon and Charlie McAvoy. Jurho Vakanainen and, and Brandon Carlo are the second pairing third pairing is a little bit of a woo. let's see what happens here but uh John Moore and Connor Clifton to garask mm. in net so wow well, i mean that should be fun yeah I, I like the i like the addition of cliffy hockey back into it um i, I think he's been playing well the more time he gets um, and he's got something to prove because i think uh h- him in the flip flop thing with brad marchand it was absolutely friggin' hilarious
0: <laughs> brad, this is what brad marchand does when he is bored is he chirps his teammates <laughs> and everyone everyone he just is on social media scrolling like what oh, witty dude, thing. last
1: <laughs> night was amazing oh my he god he was all over everybody
0: he's crazy <laughs> um yeah, so you're right. It's kind of a half a Philly team, half a Boston team uh, in various stages right now. But, yeah, definitely, those are some big names to be out of your lineup, and they've already been without – I mean, I'm surprised Philly has survived this well. I mean, they lost a major piece, you know, uh Selkie winner, actually. And uh, we're missing some pieces. Oh, oh go of, yeah, ahead. What, so did, what did you want to say? Go ahead.
1: Speaking of that, um, this uh, – the Kevin Miller um, – out of the lineup is not injury related, and it's not COVID related. I, I think this is a, I think this is important to uh, to mention. Um, it did come out yesterday in a press conference from Bruce Cassidy and members of the staff that uh, Kevin Miller Miller is a uh, is, is load management, so he's not injured, but he's they wanted to make sure that that knee is not getting overworked. Which makes absolute yeah. sense, and so on. So just to kind of throw in a little nugget there about um, him being injured, because that's what I thought too. But it's 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 not that. It's just a load management thing, and um, kind of the timing's weird that they would put him out on a, like a week a week off. Uh, you think that they would have done that um, sooner or later, uh, and then have it had him ready for a big stage game like this. But um, yeah. uh, who knows? But just wanted to throw that in there.
0: They might have given him a little bit more time uh, because Grizz is out and stuff like that on the back end. So maybe just Miller was feeling okay, but maybe now he's. Oh, I mean, we don't know. He didn't. It's been said it's for maintenance, but he could have very well like tweaked something a little and it's just more like sit back and rest because they do have so much more time. We do not play again until Thursday. Then we got a back to back. So I guess this is a good time. It stinks because Miller won't be able to play outside again, you know, and maybe miss that cool opportunity. But at the same time, I think he's trying to at least play all 50, you know, well, 55 games or whatever from here out. Um, this is a good time. I think we have time. And then after the break, we'll go into up weeks at uh, upcoming action and your prospect slash... Yeah, we got about 10 update. minutes before we
1: talk about... Right.
0: So this is a good time, now that you've read the lines out, I think, to insert this one, which really wasn't a topic, but it's always a general discussion. What is going on with Charlie Coyle? He's only got four points. I Is is it his wingers? Is it something going on with him? Is he battling a little bit of an injury? Is he in his own head? Um, this He's looking... I don't want to say the Charlie Coyle that you weren't on board for that came here. Um, I don't want to put it that badly, but he does not look right. So now that he is our second line center with new wingers again, but technically Richie was one of his old wingers, right? So (laughs) this year and Smith. So really he's, he's with them. So it's like the line is kind of back together that had been before, but just generally how, how, do you know what's going on with Coyle? Do you have any inkling? Is he going to be okay on the other side? Because I like Charlie Coyle. And I think he's been played since he's gotten here the way that I think that he could play. You know, like people are saying, like, like with Richie, he found a home and now he's playing better. That was Coyle, I think, when he got here. But now I'm starting to see a little old Coyle, like you might as well put him on the right wing. Sorry, that's my Coil bit you go.
1: Um, yeah, I, I still believe in Charlie Coyle and his puck possession and uh, is, is still top notch and so on, but he, he does have to start executing, um, getting more shots on net. Um, I don't want to see him go through the struggles that he went through in Minnesota, which is kind of what I'm seeing kind like now. And one of the reasons why I was not happy about the trade, but obviously when I got to see Charlie play more, I was more bought in. Um, but uh, I, I know from several people that I talked to, either either uh, Minnesota wild fans or Mi- Minnesota Wild media in the past, um, that he is very hard on himself. Uh, he's you know he's he's, he's he's a perfectionist. He wants to do the best that he can. But most of the time some of these people that I talked to said that that is his biggest uh, problem is he's thinking too much, trying to do too much, uh, and trying to be a part too much, that it's it's over. He's putting an overburden on himself uh, and, and his skill set. So, uh, I hope, hopefully, he can snap out of it. I know he's not one of these goal scorers that's going to put up uh, 30 or 40, but you're still a player like that. You would still like to see 15, 20, 30 assists. A 55 point season is not out of the realm for a player like him. Um, but, no, I mean,. It, and he's got to get back on board no matter what when it comes to point totals. But also, I mean, this is just goes along with more secondary scoring problems that we're having. It, secondary scoring was a little better at the beginning of the year, but then it started to come back to we're a one-line team, you know? Mm. And that, that can't happen, especially in this short and condensed season, uh, especially in a playoff series. You, you have to rely on more members of this team and not just the top three to get your offensive going.
0: I hope Coyle gets it back together because it's not even just the points he can produce. He's that player like when Sean is on, that just kind of is like, come on, guys, like, you know, and gets it going. It's not necessarily with like, you know, getting like McIlvoy and Frederick and them get, get chippy when they get a thing and they get it going that way. But Coyle's kind of the like, follow the leader. Come, come on, boys. We're gonna, we're gonna get on the board and we'll hopefully that'll trigger everyone else. And I feel like he's just got, like, something little of his pep in his step seems to be off. And maybe that is if he's in his own head. He's a perfectionist, struggling a little bit. Um, maybe it's just the situation. I mean, I like we talked about, it, the team has kind of taken a step back defensively. Um, but we're going to need you, especially if, Precci, this isn't just a week or week, you know.
1: Yeah, but like you said... It might be the revolve it might not even be him. It might be the revolving door of his wingers because on both sides of him, left and right, he's seen a mix of different players on game occasions. It almost seems like there's no consistency on that line. So I mean that could be a fact that you know if you can't create chemistry and you know and you're not doing it with the the support of players that you have. And, and and playing game by game with the same teammates, I still believe that you're not going to be doing as good. But you still a professional. You still have to uh, produce and and try the best that you can as an individual when you put into a lineup that uh, Bruce Cassidy puts together. So let's see what well, happens.
0: It turns out, Charlie Coyle, you really are the new David Krejci. Oh, you too will have to shun the burden of never like looking right and left, mostly right for Krejci you know, since DeBrus came mostly. Right. But again, a great, can do great things, but being asked to be a miracle worker at times is also a little ridiculous. You know, like you don't leave anyone there, or this is two trade deadlines in which Krejci got a winger that he can't even play with because they're injured or gone or COVID or whatever the heck is going, you know, gone on. Um, so congratulations, Charlie Coyle. You really may be the future second-line center of the Boston Bruins, Near to have the same wingers for more than a week or two before something happens and they have to be moved around. Yeah, that's going to be a bummer. Also, this goes back to, it's not a downgrade on Charlie, but I love him as the third. The third line is, we have one of the best, that's one of the best depth lines, I think, that we could possibly come up with without going in. I mean, we spent a little with Craig Smith, but without going and inquiring at least another Craig Smith for the other side uh, with what we have, I think a a good mix to help the young kids figure out if they fit in, if they're staying here and even get their trade value up a little bit, because let's face it with the Seattle draft, which again, I didn't forget Chris Blackie. I swear to God, we're going to circle back to the Seattle draft.
1: Oh, I keep forgetting about that. Protecting
0: this and that. Um, but, yeah, that's I was just wondering what's up with Coyle. We have uh, a few more minutes before break time, so uh, what do you think's gonna happen at the Tahoe game? You think we're gonna win? We never even did like a
1: I'm hoping so, um, like I said before, all these points are so so valuable um in this season, so yeah, I do want to see them win um. It's going to be interesting to see the workload of these younger kids that are coming in, like the Jackson Nico. We've seen him a couple of times in the lineup this year before he got injured. Uh, Yerho playing his first game in uh, well over a year, uh, so he's been down to Providence working hard and and trying to get it done, trying to round out his game. Um, uh, yeah, I, I want to see I want to see a big win, but I really hope that the ice conditions are are good enough for, to get this thing going it will be late enough at night that i think that uh, it'll be fine because i did stay up and watch uh, at least 10 minutes of the game last night and the ice conditions seemed to be much better favorable when the when the sun was not around so um and that was an inside exciting game when the replays that i watched this morning
0: i'm only laughing cuz that's how like the playoffs were la- the beginning of the playoffs last summer where it was like this game starting at 11 tonight because it had to get pushed back uh that's and that's a hard stop start for yeah. the players, right? You get oh, yeah. like 13 minutes in or whatever. Uh, but I agree. Uh, I hopefully we can take advantage of Philly not being quite Philly, you know, uh, constructed wise. And hopefully Yero has a good that's a big I just was saying that's a big pairing. Brandon Carlo and Yerhovak and einen That's some big boys right there. Yeah. Uh hopefully they can use it. Uh and yeah, I mean as Uh, Most importantly, I hope all the players, and by all the players, I mean mostly Boston but also Philly because they're in our division, get back and forth safely. No one gets an unnecessary ACL tear for some bad ice or something like that. And uh, that all the boys, and also I guess Vegas and Colorado, but they got less place to go. They could drive home if they wanted to. (laughs) There, Um, (laughs) to just say so. Uh, that being said, we're almost to the break mark. Do you want to break, or do you yeah. have anything else you want to add about Tahoe? We got about a minute. No,
1: we'll talk. We'll talk. We'll uh, do the break now. Um, okay. Let's let's hear from our friend and 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 uh, uh, distributor of these awesome uh, Boston Bruins related items hand-signed by alumni and current team players. But he is Bruce Sullivan, and he is the owner and operator of Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia. Go check out the website. I mean, sorry. Go check out Facebook uh, and, and follow and like or whatever, uh, Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia. He does uh, giveaways every week where if you share uh, one of his items... And you like it, you get involved into a drawing, weekly drawing, and he gives away hand signed stuff all the time to get involved. Definitely, definitely do it. I I won some stuff, and I also buy all of our Patreon hand signed jerseys that we give away every month. We've given away two so far. Terry O'Reilly jersey is coming up next month. So you want to get involved in that, go to patreon.com slash block and gold hockey podcast and check it out. But check out these items that Bruce Sullivan has right now in this uh, black and gold m- uh, moment of the week. We'll be right back.
2: Hello, Bruins fans. This is Bruce Sullivan from Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia with our black and gold memorabilia moment of the week. Beginning this week, we are showcasing items from our most recent private signing with Bruins nine-time All-Star, NHL Top 100 player and Hall of Fame legend Brad Park, including authenticated jerseys, photo displays, and custom special editions, all as part of the Brad Park Hall of Fame collection. This week, we offer a hand-signed dual-authenticated puck with Brad's signature and Hall of Fame 88 inscription for just $35. We are also showcasing a Terry O'Reilly 16 by 20 Boston Beatdown Autograph Special Edition with dual authentication, custom framing, matting, and oversized 11 by 14 photo for just $109. For more information on our dozens of Bruins hand-signed pieces and your chance to win free memorabilia each week, check us out at our Facebook page, Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia. Or email me directly at boston music at gmail.com. And be sure to tune in each week right here to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Let's go!
1: Hey, Bruins fans, we're back. And we've, we just heard from the awesome Bruce Sullivan from Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia. Please go to that Facebook page. Check it out, buy some stuff, get in touch with them via email if you want to put in uh, a claim to get a hand-signed jersey or a, a picture or anything. It's all Boston sports related, so he does a fantastic job, and we are thrilled to have him aboard. So Heather, where are we going now with the agenda as we wind the show down?
0: Yes, so before we get into the upcoming action and such and get through the last few topics we have here, I just wanted to mention... Um, I know I've kind of been slacking on milestone updates, but something to watch. Uh, and you probably hear this maybe later tonight or after the Tahoe game, but Brad Marshawn may be scoring his 300th goal today. If Marshy does Marshy things, uh, it could be his 300th and maybe even his 303rd goal. Who knows, whatever he does, what he does. But um, that's just something to keep a watch on for those of you who do have NBCSN and will be around at 730 or just generally. All right, so we have three games upcoming this week. We're playing the Islanders again on Thursday at the Island again. They've got 17 points. I mean, 17 games played, 19 points. They're 8-6-3. and uh, They're 4-0-1 oh, at home, so they play really well at home. Um, we've lost to them twice, one nothing, and then... Uh, four to two, which was the yucky game last week. They're five, two and three. So the Islanders seem to be pulling themselves up a little bit, playing a little more steady like they knew. And uh, Friday, February 26th and Sunday, February 28th, we're playing the Rangers Friday at seven uh, at Madison Square Garden. And the Sunday game is actually at noontime. So we probably will be recording when the game's on or we'll figure that out how to get around on that. Uh, the Rangers are 6, 7, and 3. They've got 15 points. They're losing, though. We've won both times. We played them. We beat them 1-0. The last time we played them on the, the 12th of February, and we won 3-2. to two. That was one of those overtime wins. Uh, they are not so hot at home, so hopefully we can take advantage of that. Um, and that will be the upcoming games as we continue to play the same teams ad nauseum over and over again for this entire season. Uh, yeah, so hopefully we start a win streak today and we can continue it into next week. Another long week of no Bruins hockey. Keep it together, Bruins yeah. fans. Yeah, that, we can that, do it.
1: That's a bit of a concern for me. And and what I said about Joe Haggerty's tweet uh, about what, what Bruce Cassidy says is they had four or five days of no game time and they should have been ready. Um, these These mild stretches of days without Boston Bruins hockey... Have got to be um, you have to be attentive uh, and, and be prepared because obviously the Islanders they don't they, they're not messing around when uh, these two play each other and um, the Rangers you know they're they're a beatable team and we have been able to take care of them uh, throughout the season so far um, but these are also teams that I keep saying that they're lower in the standings that they could always be that stinker. Uh, and be a real pain in the ass. But Boston has a 10-3-2 record with 22 points, and they go up against Philly today, and they have an 8-3-3 and 3 record with 19 points. So um, I like the uh, goal differential for the, pro- of the Boston Bruins. They have a plus 11, and Philly has a plus 4, but everybody else is either minus and doesn't have any positives. So that's something good to, to look forward to, even though that we need scoring. So...
0: All the all the goals are being scored in the Canadian Scotia North Division yeah. or whatever. Oh, so that's really it. Um Connor McDavid is just disgusting. He is I that, just,
1: g- that goal last night was absolutely gosh. freaking just oh, unreal.
0: I saw like the funny thing, it was like McDavid four flames one or something like that. <laughs> it's, it's just I he's just he's a pleasure to watch. We've been very blessed to have seen some great players. Over the years, and he just really is, really is fun to watch. So, uh, that being said, uh, Mark, uh, as for future players, do you have a little uh, prospect slash affiliates update? I don't know what to call this, but Mark's weekly. Minor weekly pro
1: minor pro minute, which would probably take a minor, lot longer Mark's than a minute.
0: Minor pro minute. I'm going to write that down.
1: Um, the Providence Bruins played one game uh, last week. And it was uh, a one and nothing win on Friday, February 19th. I streamed that game, uh, live stream, with my friend Dan Rice uh, and, and he, Dave. Dave Rice from uh, over in England, which was kind of cool that we sat down and, and did that. And surprisingly, I got to tell you something, which is weird. Surprisingly, his feed was less than a second away from mine. And he's in England. But when I do... F- games with the dump and change guys like Boosie's a minute and a half and he's like 40 minutes away from me which is absolutely crazy that we were right on the stream so that was kind of cool to have him aboard but the Providence Bruins got a one nothing shutout uh Zach Sennishin got his second goal of the year Dan Vladar played really well I thought he this was his coming out Uh, game because when he played in the first game for Providence being sent down I didn't think he played very well at all he had some tough times tracking the puck not in this game gets the no-no against the Bridgeport Sound Tigers but the uh, the Providence Bruins play this afternoon at 1 p.m. by the time you're hearing this this will probably be over but I am live streaming that game they play the Hartford Wolfpack at 1 p.m. I said that Uh, in the rest of the week they play Thursday, February 25th against Bridgeport. And they play Saturday, the 27th, to round out the month of February against the Hartford Wolfpack. Um, so let's get to some stats to get, give you guys an update. Jakob Lalko has played in four games. He's got five points. That's one goal, four assists, and five points. And he has been really good uh, so far this season. Zach has got two one in three numbers in four games. Cameron Hughes has been playing well. He's got one goal, two assists, three points. Uh, Jack Oshan, the defenseman, which I really like uh, him paired with Brady Lyle. I mean, th- this pairing is the third pairing, and, and I kind of think it's almost the better pairing. Uh, call me crazy. But, um, no, there's some good things that are happening. Oscar Steen's been playing well. Cooper been just a truck. That guy's an unbelievable... Uh, Robert Lantoshi's been playing well. Uh, Paul Carey's been a real uh, good player as that veteran leadership and the captain that this team needs. Samuel Asseline has just been unbelievable flying all over the place. This kid is absolutely on fire. New member Alex Olivier Voyer. Uh, he's got a goal on the season, but he's like that big... He reminds me of a bigger Marshan that just gets in your face and just that... He's like a big power forward, and I think he's been playing well, so... Um, uh, an, an injury update on Curtis Hall. Curtis Hall, uh, he was playing for the um, Yale Bulldogs and the NCAA Ivy League. Obviously, the Ivy League shut down uh, their operations due to the COVID, and um, he had needed a place to go, and he signed uh, an entry-level or an AHL deal with the uh, Providence Bruins and uh, played in one game and didn't play the whole game. Uh, Mark Diva was in the house at the uh, uh, New England Sports Center in Marlboro, Massachusetts, and noticed him uh, halfway through the game that he was up in the stands uh, in in dress clothes. Uh, So he's week to week with uh, some kind of uh, either upper or lower body injury. I'm not totally sure on that, but um, that's pretty much everything that's going on. Jeremy Swayman, I'm sorry, uh, Jeremy Swayman's been playing well in net. I I did say something about Dan Bledazza playing good. Uh, and even going down to the East Coast League with um, Kyle Kaiser, he's been starting to really pick it up in his games with the Jacksonville Iceman. So, uh, he, lots of good things going on in the uh, in the prospect world with this team. And, and uh, I look forward to uh, seeing how this Providence Bruins club matches up against the Hartford Wolfpack today in Hartford. Um, because this is the team that, it's only a three-team division. It's Providence, it's Bridgeport, and it's Hartford. And Bridgeport seems to be the team that we can basically not run over. It's a challenge, the challenging games, but um, the wins are coming from playing Bridgeport. Uh, Hartford seems to be that thorn in, in the in the uh, Bruins' side right now. So hopefully today that'll change. Um, these guys are going to see a lot of each other, so there's going to get some nastiness. And um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. So hopefully I'll get this done. I'll be doing a live stream. But that's it yeah, for the trying
0: guy that's we it for the uh
1: that's it for the uh the minor pro minute All right. Four. that's
0: from now on it will be Mark's minor pro minute that's what we will. <laughs> well, we gotta, we gotta figure me. we gotta we're, we're
1: going. gonna reschedule that one it's gonna be more than a minute so we'll figure well, something yeah. out
0: um I just wanted to mention if anyone else is maybe you've seen it out there if not go will look up a picture so Bauer did like special edition skates for its uh, black uh-uh History Month, obviously, uh, in the United States, at least. And they are, with, like, special edition. And there's a few few players wearing them. I know Patrick Kane had his on the other day, I saw. But they are Willie O'Ree. And it's got, like, all the, you know, inspirational kind of quotes that go along with these kind of things. But they are gorgeous. They are absolutely gorgeous. What a great idea uh, to promote, you know. I mean, you see in other leagues all sorts of, like, you know, for different uh, causes or different uh, themes or, you know, hashtags or whatever to get uh, publication for it. And uh, I think that's really nice. Uh, Willie O'Ree, obviously, we know that it was just the anniversary not that long ago of him playing his first NHL game. And it, obviously, we're big advocates of Willie, and we love that he's getting the love. But he is getting love everywhere. And Bauer, I think that was a really classy move on them to do something to acknowledge you know maybe next year there'll be a whole line of great you know african-american slash canadian players that have played or from other places but mostly obviously we're going to talk mostly it's going to be u.s and canada boys that had done it so good job bauer good on you good on the players wearing them and really help and promote it just another way that i know wearing these skates doesn't give social change, but it's a way, again, of using your platform for meaningful change and also just to honor someone who is important within your own league of being a groundbreaker and a ceiling smasher and all of that. So that's that. Well, the last, like, big item we have on the list to talk about is Bruins trade rumors. I know we're always in on everybody for every trade ever, and I get that. That's just the way it is. But this week, we have reached the pinnacle. People on YouTube, this is where Inga Rant's going to probably start. It was proposed by, well, it all started with a Belcher report. And Evan Marinowski had tweeted the Belcher report. Then he got blamed as if it was his crazy idea, these crazy Oh, photos. I know. That Sidney Crosby may be on the chopping block, a trade block. Uh, whatever, which seems I don't know why Sidney Crosby certainly is not indicated, but because there's been a shakeup in Pittsburgh, they're kind of struggling, you know, Gino and Latang, and they just they have money issues and just kind of winning issues. And there's a lot going on. Felger on the 98.5 Sports Hub proposed trading David Pasternak for Sidney Crosby, but not just. Not just was that Maz?
1: I think that was Maz. I think. No, I'm
0: pretty sure. I think I I think Felger Felger
1: was the one that was saying no. You don't do that.
0: No, I'm pretty sure that it was Felger. But well, I just listened to it earlier. That's why I'm saying to re-listen to what was actually said. Yeah, I I think I think Felger
1: was against it. So
0: it was on all of the ones though they talked about it now. I have to say toucher and rich is very reasonable. They are the one spot besides the sports hub hockey show or listening to Judd and Bob before the games that you're going to really hear hockey talk because it's always Patriot season on 98.5 sports yeah, out or Brady season. Like go away. Brady doesn't even live here anymore. I'm not saying never talk about him, but when there's basketball and hockey going on, most of your four hours should not be spent on the Patriots quarterback situation. Just saying, um, Anyways, it's crazy. Um, do you know what we would have to give up? Not just David Pasternak to get Sidney Crosby. Um, it's just, okay, Mark, you need to go so I can formulate so, my brain. So
1: what's going on here is it, 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 it won't work. You, you can't figure this out on the cap because Sidney Crosby makes some pr- pretty significant money. The return, if they want to move Sidney Crosby, and it's been talked about by some, uh, some national analysts... That it could happen, that that new GM uh, Ron Hextall and, and president of hockey operations, new um, Brian Burke, could make a shakeup to get younger players involved in the organization and properly do a rebuild. Um, so it's not out of the realm of this happening, but when it comes to the Boston Bruins it's way too much of a price to pay. Yes, Sidney Crosby is still a good player, but he's not uh, the player that he was when he was younger. He's aging. He, we get it. But the thing is, is like the Boston Bruins are in a, in a transition period where they're trying to move in younger members while some departing members are going to be happening in, this, in the near future. You want to build on your youth. So my thing is, this is only an idea to address the winning now and and screw the future. Because if you do that, you'd be giving away so much, you're taking steps back in your development, and you need to replenish your prospect pool. You need to get a first round pick this year and not give it away. These first round picks are just being thrown away. I mean, yes, we needed to get rid of that $6 million for David Backus on the books, but I don't think it was necessary that a first round pick had to be involved. So, um, I don't see that happening. Uh, Jack Eichel, that trade crap is starting to pick up again. Uh, would you trade this person for that person? Uh, you know, I, I don't see it. I, I see Jack Eichel makes $10 million a year. We have three point something in cap space. It doesn't feasibly work. You'd have to give up so much. Um, and then the waiver wire. The waiver wire was driving me crazy lately. Because when somebody goes on waivers, everybody's just like, oh, the Bruins should pick up this guy. Adam Humreek is the most recent um, waiver drop from the Anaheim Ducks. Uh, and he makes $5 million. His underlying stats are really good. He's not really producing, but he's a shooter. He, possession. He's a good center. And there's the word of the day. He's a center. So where do we put players like this? And we're going to like shift people. All right, let's get Adam Henrique off the waiver wire, which we can't afford because he makes uh, close to $6 million a year. But let's put him uh, third line center and put Charlie Coyle on the right side uh, to look like a deer in headlights and continue to struggle offensively. Uh, It just doesn't work. I mean, I get everybody has an opinion and I respect it. I really do. But it's, this is just crazy talk. On anything that comes around, the Bruins are always involved in it. So we'll see what happens. I mean, I mean, the Eichel thing is just drives me absolutely nuts because of the dollar value. You'd have to get so much off of your current roster to make that addition come in.
0: It doesn't make much sense. Sidney Crosby's going to cost you your future. Like, whatever you think you're trying to build. That's a DeBrus and a Bjork Anna Carlo. First round, second on, round. And on. Also, if you do that, Sidney Crosby isn't going to want to play in Boston because what would be attracted to him... Sure, it's very attractive, I'm sure. hamburger Bergeron, and Mar- Sean have a long history of international play together. Like, their buddies. They're all kind of around the same... Dra- you know, like, they're a few years between each other or whatever. Um, but if you... Don't re-sign Krejci, and you don't whatever. You're just creating the same problems in Boston that they're having in Pittsburgh right now. Crosby isn't going to be down with it. He'd rather stay probably on the ship. I mean, he didn't come on board. He's a kid that's, like, whole essence is to be the face and the body of the Pittsburgh Penguins. That being said, I don't think he's going to be very happy about the mumblings of, like, you got to dump Malkin, you got to do that, you know, because... Good, bad, and ugly, Sid and Evgeny are a team. You know what I mean? They're kind of the backbone. And I know it's not working out for Pittsburgh, but I just feel like that's not going to, you can get all the young talent in the world, but then you're still waiting around for three or four years for the kids to really develop and get going. And I just, it is too much of betting the farm for, I mean, again, are we trading for 23 year old Sidney Crosby? Because if we are, then we're talking about a different situation as far as I'm concerned. And he's still Sidney Crosby, but like I say, it's really Conor McDavid's world and we're all just living in it. Um, but yeah, that that just, it's too crazy. And I'm sorry, this just goes... I am not surprised to hear this shit on 98.5, the sports hub, which is really the Patriots land and sometimes Red Sox and every, they do like the Celtics, but certain shows, and that's not, I I like some of the like Zolak and Bertrand. Again, when Zoe's talking hockey, don't feel like he's a total idiot. Uh, But again, I just, I'm going to take my sports light and stick with Toucher and Rich, who do talk about hockey pretty regularly. They have people on talking about it. And I don't know why, like, Why do we listen to... It's the weirdest dynamic with sports radio in Boston. And I would argue the other sports radio uh, is starting to suck too because it's the same bullshit starting to, you know. Yeah. It's all... It's like watching Jerry Springer, but for sports. Like, there's no rhyme or reason. Just, like, crazy shit where we ignore whole sports like they're not even happening. Like, they'll talk about the Bruins... Once they get like meaningful discussion, once they're in like the last round of the playoffs so that they can make sure all the opinions are known, how sucky we are, how Tukaras sucks. Everybody sucks. This whole team sucks, uh, even though it's, they're the only team that's been consistently winning for the last few seasons. That's OK. We won't bring that up or anything. Uh, but yeah, I can't like with the sports radio. I don't listen to it on the actual radio. I download them as podcasts and skip everything that doesn't have a Bruins headline on it because I know I want to smash my head in and I like other sports you know me I like good baseball talk I just I can't deal with that yeah them, man. I checked I out can't. on
1: 985 when I um, text I texted them in when they allowed texting back in the day when they first thought yeah. and it was uh, uh Gresh and Zo remember that
2: yeah
1: and um. And I, I, I went in and I was like, well, I want to talk about this. And then all of a sudden I get the text back from Gresh. And he said, oh, it's, um, it's football season. We don't talk about hockey till March. Yeah. And that's when I basically checked out. I was like, you're not all about all sports. You're, you're, you're catering to certain sports. And then, and then every time they came on, I would send them a text and say, it's time for Gresh and Zoe in the four-hour football show. And I just keep doing that because I was I was pissed, so yeah. that's why I have like 150 hockey podcasts that I listen to on a weekly basis because I cannot stand sports radio uh, unless like Ty Anderson goes on, then I'm I'm all about that. I do like the uh, the hockey show that that 985 puts on uh, every Saturday during the Bruin season. Would that's enjoyable. You get uh, Judge Larot, you get Billy, you get Bob Beers, uh, Ty comes in, and uh, Ryan Johnson does a fantastic job. So. Um, yeah.
0: I do enjoy Ty Anderson. He's on a new podcast. They started uh, The sidelines. That's our, because he, he, again, Ty talks a lot of hockey and it's not all hockey, but like their hour one the other day, half of it was about the Bruins and the other half was I think about the Celts. Cause they're, you know, just the seasons run concurrent. So they're at that point of who we trading and their trade seasons heating up and stuff um yeah but that's just fucking crazy okay i can't like no one is trading david Pasternak for Sidney crosby no one is also we're not trading we would have to trade if we kept Pasternak. we would have to trade half of the rest of the team with term yeah like that's just that's what brian burke's gonna want brian burke yeah. doesn't play like he's a very very it's been he's been out of the game for like in the last decade, but he's been in the game. He's been covering it. He's been on right. Sportsnet or whatever. That and Pittsburgh that,
1: that Pittsburgh organization is not in a win-now motto. They're in a building yeah. a stage. So they're not going to want to take on players that are not going to stick around in the organization. They want to have some terms so they can talk to them and we get... Get some familiarity with each player as they move forward and see if we want to retain each player's rights as we try to rebuild this organization. So, I don't see it happen. I just I just see it, you know, some people love the trade talk. They get off on it. I, I just don't. I find it very annoying that y- you could throw out a name out there without doing any proper research on, on websites like Puckpedia or CapFriendly. And when you see a number that you can see and you see a number that a player is making and it doesn't jive. Let's put a square peg in a circle. You know, it's like that. And and I just I don't I don't get into it. I am captain, no fun when it comes to trade talks.
0: <laughs> um I was gonna say I am someone who believes if I'm putting six million five million dollars into Adam Henrique, uh Henrique, I am not. I am putting that five million dollars towards Jack. Michael's ten million dollars. Like I'm not, you know what I mean? Or I'm getting two players, uh, you know, two Craig Smiths or whatever for that same amount. I just the value dog. But uh Connor Ryan summed it up in this tweet. He says, My column, should the Bruins trade David Pasternak?" And when you open the picture it says no, you jabronis like that pretty much <laughs> exactly. sums up the what, like Really? Okay. This goes, okay. I can't. This Wait. is, this is almost crazier than the trade Tuca crowd. And I can't, <laughs> sorry about the ripping there. I know people are noise sensitive in the background. Sorry. It's just, I'm a paper ripper. It's what I do. Sorry. Okay. So that being said, it's time for hashtag ask as always, please send in over the week hashtag BNG questions, um, I know this weekend was kind of a weird timeline because we were going to record and then we did and It's like, no, just kidding. Extend it. Like, but we did get three of them. We'll talk about them now. Always use the hashtag Ask BNG. So thank you, gentlemen, who sent in these questions, who follow the uh, rules and regulations of Inga's brain. So where did I go? Sorry. Sorry. All right. Chad McBean asks, if Krejci is out for a while, is this the second center try uh, for COIL? More importantly, does Tanika get a shot at three C? Still impressed by the young D and Miller. Do they need to upgrade though? How's good for how good is Richie? So obviously that's a, yeah <laughs> he's trying. To, so um, but um that's yeah Coil talk Coil.
1: I think he's I think this is going to be good because you do want to see what Charlie Coyle can do minus David Krejci in this Boston Bruins lineup. Uh, in the future, because Krejci's uh, obviously on his last year of his deal, so you want to get uh, an idea of his future uh, with a with a higher ranking up the uh, the top six. Um, so I think it's going to be important for him to take advantage of all this all the opportunities he has on that second line to try to help create uh, secondary scoring, whether he putting the puck in his net himself or dishing it and go off to a uh, to a line mate. Um, but, yeah, I mean, this is this is the next one. I mean, uh, Coyle is on term. He's got, like, I don't know how many more years, but he's got a couple few. So, and with departures, you're going to see him rise up the up the lineup. So, there's no better time to evaluate and actually see what you have in him right now. So, great question from Chad McFeen. By the way, Chad, thank you so much for all the retweets and mentioning our show uh, with your poker um, uh programs as well i find those very entertaining but i also appreciate the uh the reach that you uh, continue to do uh, trying to get our show out there so thank you
0: what do you think about the the flip side of this yes thank you chad it makes me happy it's always one of the first monday tweets you see like you know happy monday like he's really good about that stuff um but about the young d in miller do we still need to upgrade I think yes. I think we still need someone else on that back end. Uh, That's just me personally. Again, nothing against but, but like if that New Jersey game is any indication of what happens when things get sloppy. I
1: will, I will say something that I wanted to talk about when the, uh, the, the trade room is um, Nashville Predators defenseman, Matthias uh, Lindholm uh, has been um, is a really good defenseman. And I mean, he comes in a decent cap number, which I don't have available right now. But he plays on the left side, and so on. So he's been gaining some traction on, on some things. Uh, I think Pierre Lebron wrote an article in the Athletic about Boston possibly being one of the top teams that could uh, inquire about him and get him. Um, so it it it's going to be interesting because David Poyle, um, pretty much came out or somebody in said that there's three members of that uh organization that are untouchable and one of them was Pecarine, which i thought was weird guys coming down to the end of his career and uh ryan johansson and then somebody else i don't know who it was but pretty much anybody else on that roster is is available to move if they if the price is right so there's another one it's like how much more do you need to give up to get a defenseman like this and um how many steps back can you take I don't know, but uh, I mean, any addition to the lineup is good, but it also puts into a retrospect that when you come on to the Seattle draft, another defenseman coming in is is a defenseman that you're going to have to unprotect, which which would be Brandon Carlo. It could be Charlie McAvoy. I know that's not going to happen, but these scenarios can come
0: up. Yeah, and it all depends, too, on term, whose term, how young are they first time rfa's do they get there's like a whole thing on that but th- that being said though let's continue with the defense northern lights asked, uh, sports asked us thank you uh said good morning with injuries lack of scoring and experience on defense who should the bruins be targeting in a trade at par- you know say for defense uh have a great show and enjoy your sunday um i still think we need someone like i i know like sammy vatnin hasn't been playing Uh, quite himself this year he seems to be getting it together a little but a player like that that's very versatile on the back end but has some real experience he's not too old but he's not too young has some playoff experience can play either side of the defensive pairing with like kind of seamless he's you know he's been very important uh to Carolina over the years uh back there um things like that, but a player like that, I know there's a list. I mean, even if circling back to a Sam Bennett, but again, it, that's long-term like you said, uh, I'm all for trade deadline. If we have to pop something off, if we can get somebody with a little term, but I, I still think it needs to be that kind of player, kind of a player in their sweet spot between 25 and 29 who has enough experience. They're not just coming up out of the AHL. So they, when we see, the teams in the playoffs, especially when we get beyond, like if we see Tampa Bay in the playoffs, if we get to the third round, however, they're bracketing it, who knows, we're not going to have seen them all year where usually we played them. So we kind of can feel them out. It's the same team, but they're going to have been playing differently all year. It's not the exact same team. Um, Yeah. So that's just me, Mark. Do you have anyone? I know I, with the exception of, if we could get um, Dylan, you know what I mean? Like, do you, Brendan Dillon, yeah. No, remember uh, how you were like, we need to get like someone, you know, that's flexible like that.
1: Yeah, I, I don't know about this one. It's a tough one.
0: Well, Ray Gorino asked us, "Do you think rotating wingers is negatively affecting Charlie Coyle? Uh, four points in 15 games. We addressed that a little bit. Uh, we kind of addressed it, but I mean, I think it could be affecting him negatively. But I feel almost like he's in his head more than that."
1: I believe so too. Uh, the The revolving door of, of wingers that he's been dealing with on the third line, and moving up to the second line and de- working with new new wingers, it's going to be a challenge. And hopefully, he's up for it. You know, this. I mean, there's there's always time and space to to better yourself. And I think Charlie's got it. I think he's got the ter- determination. But I honestly think that he needs to just relax a little bit, not over try. Uh, I know that's so hard to like comprehend right now for the listeners and, and viewers on, on um on YouTube. But sometimes you just need to you know not try so hard to have everything come together because you're trying
0: too hard. I don't know. Well, that's the hashtag Ask BNGs for this week. Thank you uh, for those who sent in. Always, please send them in. I was gonna say before we go over to uh, this week in Bruins history, if you have it, I just want to. I remind actually, everyone...
1: I actually do. Oh. Um. Okay. Uh. Yes, we were supposed to record yesterday, but I hit the pink Whitney a little too hard on Friday night, and I was basically sick all day yesterday because I didn't eat, and I need to remember to get something in my belly before drinking the uh the pink goodness. But yesterday was Philip Facito's birthday. Was it sixty ninth? Yeah. Okay. So his sixty ninth birthday, but on his birthday in nineteen seventy four, on his sec thirty second birthday, Philip Facito became The first player in NHL history to record four straight 50-goal seasons. And there's another one I have that is uh, interesting because it was yesterday. On this day in 2019, the Bruins acquired Charlie Coyle from the Wild in exchange for Ryan Donato and a conditional fifth-round pick in 2019. So I thought that was pretty cool. So both of those come from the history guru himself, Mr. Mike Comito.
0: Love that guy. Always good facts from him. Okay, well, on my end, I just want to say, remember, please uh, rate and review the Black and Gold Hockey podcast wherever you're listening, what you will. Uh, Blackandgoldhockey.com for all the great content from the writers. We got the YouTube going on. Make sure you're listening to all the podcasts that can be found on the website. We're working on uh, some kinks on you know, making sure everything's solid, but you can always listen to them on all the platforms. Most of ours are on, uh, the ones that are in conjunction with Black and Gold uh, can be found on, you know, Spotify and Apple Podcasts and all of them, including this one um, and all your favorites. Uh, there's a long list growing, hopefully staying. uh and that's really it. Black and gold. Share it. Thank you, everyone who always shares things. Uh, thank you um, for people who still listen to me, even though I, I don't always say things that people like, which is fine. That's what my I literally have done my whole life and people still like me uh, for following, sharing all the great content from blackandgoldhockey.com. Um, I have to catch up admittedly on our podcast from this week. Well, not our podcast, but like from all the other great podcasts that are on the site, uh, I'm a little behind. It's been a kind of crazy week on that. But in uh, here's to hoping the Bruins figure out their power play and uh, not just rely on the power play. So good luck, boys, in Philadelphia. Gritty and uh, blades have been hanging out, playing some snow games out there.
1: Yeah. Gritty really so, creeps
0: me out. I'm, I just can't. Don't
1: don't forget that every Tuesday evening, I get with, uh, together with the uh, Dump and Change boys, uh, Jared and Nick, and we do our our live stream talking. Uh, have a couple of drinks and just sit there and talk about what's going on in Bruins Nation. Uh, the week prior and the week ahead. So uh, tune in for that. That is on YouTube and several areas of Facebook and Periscope slash Twitter. So check that out. Uh, Patreon, please, uh, if you're listening, uh, please donate $1 uh, per episode to get involved in our Patreon giveaways. That is at patreon.com slash podcast. We give away a Bruins item once a week. Every time we record, we give away a Bruins item, but we give away a hand-signed jersey once a month, and we have a great list. I just got three jerseys in this week. One is Phil Esposito. Hand signed jersey. The other is a Johnny Busick hand signed jersey, and the other one is a Rick Middleton hand signed number sixteen jersey. And we also have other jerseys that we're going to be giving away throughout the year. Uh, so I have jerseys up to September, I believe. So we're looking good in good shape. But to keep this thing going and to keep the giveaways going, I take uh, half of the money and put it towards B and G stuff. And then I take the other half and I roll it over to, uh, to buy more prizes. So it's just $1 per episode, and you could uh, spend up to $6. It's a very minimal uh, cost, but we would certainly appreciate the help. And in turn, give it back, give it back to you guys, because you guys are, are the best financial supporters, and we really appreciate everybody. But this week's winner is so funny. Um, Slapshot Sweethearts, uh, Shannon Walsh. Uh, she her and Meg do a fantastic program um uh broadcast and they do live streams and everything on the belly up sports network she signed up today and won I mean it's amazing so congratulations to Shannon Walsh I will be getting in contact with you as soon as possible to get you your Bruins related item she's a Bruins fan and meg she is a
0: Sharon. Like they're doing the like follow train for keeping up with the Bruins, Flyers craziness or whatever. Oh yeah. So thanks for always mentioning us in your thing. I need to be better at knowing how to do those kind of things and like adding in. I always heart things like that, but yeah. I will uh, try to get more in. But so thank you. I literally that was weird when you just said her name because and I was just reading something
1: yeah, from them. Yeah, yes. Him, so no, because we be, before we started recording and I was get, setting up the studio here. I, I looked at my email and she signed up to be a Patreon. I was like, oh, that's very cool. I really appreciate that and everybody obviously. But it was kind of, It was even stranger that I freaking put all the names up in the wheel of freaking winner and, and bam, she won. So she's like literally the first like ever winner we've had that signed up in one day and still won in the same day. So congratulations to Shannon. I'll get you your Bruins uh, item out there soon. She's a diehard Bruins fan from the Boston area but I believe living down in the D.C. metro. So with that being said, I have to get ready for a live stream of the Providence Bruins uh, Hartford, Whale, Hartford Wolfpack game. <laughs> so, yeah, wow. Um,
0: That'd be awesome.
1: But listen, I just want to thank you, Heather, for another great week. I really appreciate this. Uh, I thank everybody at b We're a freaking small sports media company, but we're churning out the content uh, on a daily basis on the website, and we're churning out uh, podcasts on the podcast network. Every week, So, please go to blackandgirlhockey.com and check out all the stuff we have to offer. But again, please be safe. Um, All the listeners, we really appreciate the retweets and moving our stuff forward. If you can't donate and and help us financially, your shares and retweets are really meaning a lot to us. It's just like cash when we get to reach a further um, uh, audience out there. So, Uh, Please be safe. Let's go Bruins. Let's get this done today against the Philadelphia Flyers on Lake Tahoe or located near Lake Tahoe. And then uh, upcoming week against the Rangers and the Islanders in another New York trip. Let's get this done. Let's get back on track. Charlie Coyle, get some points. Jake DeBras, get consistency. We're going to roll here. But thank you very much, everybody. We will talk to you next week. Peace. Uh